Do you travel for a living and struggle to maintain a healthy lifestyle like I do? Or maybe you just struggle to maintain a healthy lifestyle in general. This is the Road to Health Podcast and I am Tamar, your host for this adventure. I travel for business often, which presents some challenges in terms of achieving and maintaining a healthy lifestyle. Join me on my perfectly imperfect journey as I implement the strategies I've learned from the coaches I work with and interview on my show to lose 40 pounds by June 1st, 2020. I don't always manage to resist the temptations that come from traveling for business, but by working on a few key areas of my mental and physical health, I'm managing to get healthier as I go. No one needs to take this journey alone. So if you struggle to make healthy choices on the road like I do, join me for this ride on the road to health. Well-traveled, well-lived. Hey everyone, what's going on? Tamar here from the Road to Health podcast. I want to thank you all so much for being here this morning. I appreciate each and every one of you. I want to give a big shout out to all the women and men that are working in the medical profession right now as well that are going to work every day so we can stay home and stay healthy. So thank you all very, very much. Not sure how all of you are feeling right now. I know from talking to different people that it's been a very mix. Some people are doing very well because they've been given this extra time that they don't normally have. I feel that way as well. I feel very fortunate to be given the time to create new content, to interview amazing guests. I know some of you may be struggling. I'm very fortunate that when I'm not traveling, I do get to spend part of my time working from home and the other part of my time working from the office. So it's something that I've adjusted to. It's something I enjoy because I actually find I'm more productive. Um, you know, I'm not as I'm not interrupted as much, and so I'm able to make phone calls in peace. If you are one of those people that are struggling, head on over to my website, www.theroadtohealth.me and check out my five tips to staying positive while working from home. There's some great information in there, so make sure you head on over there today and download that. You know, it's it's been a blessing for me that I've been able to spend more time on the weekends interviewing amazing guests and that's why I've decided to launch two shows a week for the next couple months as long as this thing lasts because the guests that I'm speaking with have so much amazing information to provide you guys. I didn't want to hold that off for months down the road and I know everybody could use it now. So I feel very fortunate that I've been able to record more on the weekends and talk to these absolutely amazing people and I can't wait till you guys get to hear them. So make sure you keep listening because there's some great, great content coming up. So today is no different. I get to sit down and chat with my friend Tony D from the Comfort Zone podcast. I really appreciate Tony's show because he's not afraid to bring up topics that can make others uncomfortable. And I know for myself personally, getting out of my comfort zone and doing things that I really didn't want to do has actually ended up landing me where I am today. And trust me, guys, when you tackle something that seems impossible and that is completely uncomfortable, that feeling of accomplishment that you get once you've completed that way outweighs that feeling of discomfort going into something that you really don't want to do. It's an amazing feeling and it's something eventually 
at a point you start to crave, right? And so it, it becomes less and less scary to get out of your comfort zone. Anyhow, we had a great conversation. We talked about what Tony's life is like as an Air Force veteran. We also talked about mindset. He is just recently a personal trainer as well. So I hope you guys enjoy this show and make sure you go check out his show, The Comfort Zone Podcast, after we're done today. Hey, Tony D, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So you are the host of the Comfort Zone podcast. You're a freelance journalist, a whole bunch of other things. Um, why don't we start off by telling us about yourself, your story? Uh, so my story, uh, it's not really that, that epic, I guess, not to me anyway. Uh, just uh, grew up in South Carolina, uh, so I'm a good old Southern kid. Um, grew up, went to school, played all the sports, all that good stuff. Uh, went off to college with absolutely zero money. Uh, I did about three years of toughing it out, uh, and then our economy kind of went to crap in the U.S. Uh, something about launching two wars and something along those lines. Oh, yeah. Um, so after after that, I uh, ended up joining the Air Force, have been doing that for uh, 12 years now. Um, allows me to fly all over the world, do all kinds of hood rest stuff with my friends. Um, I did go back and finish school, and I've got a couple of uh, you know other uh, degrees now and I ended up starting the comfort zone uh, because I like to talk about topics that are uncomfortable um, not to argue with people but to just kind of look at things with reason and have a rational conversation uh, leave an emotion out of it and uh, that's kind of how I just communicate anyway so I got kind of pushed into doing a podcast doing the same thing and so far, I've been enjoying it, uh, having the chance to interview people, be interviewed by people like yourself, and uh, just kind of brush on different topics. And yeah. Do, do you have a favorite topic that you like to discuss? Uh, my favorite topic that I like to discuss uh, is always uncomfortable for people, but it's, <laughs> uh, but it's particularly here in the U.S., especially growing up, growing up in the Deep South is uh, socioeconomic disparity, disparity. <laughs> hey, you're pulling a me now. <laughs> uh, goodness gracious. Um, socioeconomic disparities and, um, and racism here in America. Mm -hmm. uh, and just how that plays uh, an effect uh, systematically and systemically in the way our society is kind of shaped. So that is my favorite topic to talk about, but it's hard to have that conversation with folks because for whatever reason, people take it as an attack on them and it's not meant to, like it's never personal. I'm talking about the, the, the things that have happened that are factual, not like a particular person. Right. And yeah, I, I, I think a lot of people take things personally and don't just like to have an open discussion about what's actually going on in the world. Yeah, uh, I think people want to look at the world with rose-colored glasses. Um, I know it's a very westernized idea, especially here in America. Like we, we always want to, uh, you know, the glass is always half full, it's never half empty. Um, you know, I get it, I appreciate that, but we also have to deal with the world the way it is and examine the facts the way they are. Um, and it's just like in a relationship, right? Like, what's the the best way to keep a good relationship together? being open and honest. Uh, if we could do that more as a society overall as a world on the world stage, I think we would be a lot better, be a lot less animosity flowing around the world. So 
that's just my my thought. <laughs> well, you know, I think right now, especially, and um, you know, that's why I'm launching two episodes per week because I want to get this kind of content out. But I think a lot of people are so full of fear right now, and I mean you're still going to work, right? There's, I think a lot of people forget that there's still people out there that have to go into work and do their jobs so we can keep things running as a society. Um, But it's really easy, like you said, the half glass full, it's really easy for people to get caught up in this woe is me, right? When it's like, hey, this is a world thing. Like, why aren't we helping each other? Right. Uh, You have to be there's a there's a level of helping each other, but and also helping yourself. But we have to be pragmatic about what we do. Yeah. Uh, the problems we have right now is we we don't have enough resources that we need. Uh, we you know things like testing and having enough beds and ventilators and hospital space um, in certain areas. We also aren't really clear on the transmission of the current disease. Uh, I, I, I'm assuming that's what we're doing with the COVID-19. Um, we don't. There's just not enough data on it. Um, but also, realistically, being honest we had a three month heads up that this was going to make its way around the world. Um, and no one was caught flat footed. No one just did anything, uh, mm-hmm. because no one was being pragmatic. Again, that glass half full, uh, view of the world. Oh, it's not going to come here. It can't come here. Disease has, it knows no boundaries. It knows no lines. It will, it is a virus, right? It will spread to whomever it can and infect as many hosts as it can in order to keep itself going. So I, I think that as, you know, as rosy as I want to be, you know, we can help everyone. Right now we're kind of at a place where, hey, let's take care of what we need to take care of so we can get to a point to develop a cohesive plan, fix our issues, and then take that plan and move forward on the world stage. Um, you know, organizations like the, like the Who is this for a reason? Um, so yeah, we just need people to calm down, don't panic, everything's going to be okay eventually. Um, but we also shouldn't lie to people. People are going to die. Um, U.S. population, 322 million people, uh, just down here, uh, on your guys' southern border. So 322 million people, uh, approximately make up the U.S. Right now, there's a 4% mortality rate with COVID-19, uh, in the U.S. And depending on where you go, it's as high as 10%, like in Italy, because they have, a, have an older population. If 4% of the American population were to die overall from this disease, that'd be 12 million people. Yeah. And we need to be honest with those numbers. Now, are we expecting 12 million people to die? No. But will the numbers reach over 100,000 deaths? But we just need to be honest about it. Yeah. I agree. And there's so much stuff going on in the media right now. And it's partially why I don't watch the news all the time is because I know it's bad. And I know that I can only do what I can do to control. And, you know, me not going out and socializing in groups of people is a responsibility to not get other people sick, right? Or to not contract it and pass it on to my own family. Exactly. Uh, There's kind of, there's a, there's a level of or a point when you're young where you're kind of stupid, right? We've all been there. We all thought we were uh, invincible from probably like eight to like 24, yeah. right? The closer, you, the closer you get to 30, the more you start understanding your own mortality. Anything between that, you're like, oh, I'll never die. I'm going to live forever. And we have to be careful because uh, there's an assumption that someone who is younger with a strong immune system can't get sick, one, or 
uh, come close to dying or die from it, which just isn't true. Um, this this disease does affect the uh, the elderly more. It will affect the uh, immune compromised more. But we also need to realize that diseases like this will also affect very small children. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, God forbid, I gave it to someone because, you know, let's say I'm asymptomatic and they're asymptomatic and they go to the grocery store and they give it to someone and someone gives it to a baby, you know, they're going to chase that, that line back to the initial carrier and you're going to be in that chain. And how are you going to feel knowing that, um, you know, your, your lack, your inability to take this seriously led to the death of someone else? So again, we just have to be smart. Like these precautions are in place for a reason. I'm going to listen to the expert. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it's, I was, I had an interview yesterday with a chef and we were talking that if you go into the grocery stores right now, okay, you can't get toilet paper. You can't get certain places. You can't get that much protein, but you can get a whole lot of vegetables and exactly <laughs> which i find bizarre because myself personally because i'm on journey to get healthy i would want to get vegetables right i would want to stock up on veggies but it it seems the complete opposite when i think now more than ever and i'm grateful that i'm at a lower risk of contracting it because i live a healthy life it's not to say i'm not going to get it if i come in contact with some i could just as easily get it but my chances are much worse obviously if i'm unhealthy and i think now is a the most important time right to start if you've been thinking about it okay well let's get on that and let's do something now you're also a personal trainer correct yes um barely (laughs) (laughs) work takes up a lot of my time um, yeah, so one of the things that you talk about with, uh, you know, diet and exercise, uh, 70% of it is diet, 30% of it is exercise. Um, 100% of it is going to be discipline. And like you said, it's a great time for people who have been making excuses to not work out, to work out. Uh, you can still go outside and run. This isn't the happening. I don't know if you remember that movie where the trees were killing people with uh, magical <laughs> pollen or something. So this, this isn't the happening. You can still go outside. You can go and run. You can go be one with nature. But uh, there are plenty of exercises you can do in the home. And uh, just, just one thing on the fresh, get a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables. I have seen a lot of people that got a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables, a lot of milk and stuff. Um, but those things will expire pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. If you want to get extra uh, stuff that's healthier for you, there's nothing wrong with getting, uh, getting frozen vegetables, right? Or uh, some canned foods, provided they haven't added anything but water. Um, because those things are going to be closer to being non-perishable and last you a little bit longer. So you're not just blowing your money because we also have to worry about having uh, having enough income because some people are not getting paid right now. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, in terms of home workouts, what would you recommend? Because I know I switched from about two months ago uh, doing gym workouts to resistant bands because on the road it's it's difficult sometimes to get into a gym and I was finding some of the gyms that I was staying at in hotels don't open up till seven so I got some resistant bands and I started doing that and I was getting really great results from that what would you recommend that if someone's stuck inside they don't have that equipment what can they do uh just like you were saying I take resistance bands everywhere with me um so uh good old-fashioned resistance bands uh coming up with innovative ways to uh work the particular muscle group that you're trying to target. Um, 
you know, you can do a, a full body workout, two or three resistance bands of varying, uh, uh, varying thickness. Um, and then just old fashioned stuff, push up, sit up, dip. Um, you may not be able to get a really good shoulder workout if you don't have resistance bands, but if you have them, you can definitely get some shoulder presses going. So um, body weight exercises using resistance bands. If you happen to have an ab wheel, hey, there you go. Now you've got another way to uh, give yourself a more perceptive environment or uh, just anything you can do that's kind of unstable, one-hand exercises, uh, lunges. Like all these things are available. Um, you just have to get innovative and be creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So now, obviously, my niche is people who travel, and we will eventually get back to that. But you travel a ton um, for work. How do you? What are some of the things you do to stay healthy when you're traveling? Um. So my days are kind of weird because we'll go out and we'll fly, and it'll it'll end up for the most part being a 25 hour day for me. Um. And this is on the road going to different countries. So what I like to do initially is my first bag of food I pack is uh, usually something I've already cooked throughout the week or something I've made, like a salad or whatever. Um, but I'll carry those containers, these glass containers, and um, you can clean them everywhere you go. So I'll take that, and that'll be my food, and I can wrap it, and I can throw it into the oven and cook it on the plane and have a, a good, healthy, fresh meal. Um, then when I land... Uh, usually there's a grocery store we can go to, whether it's uh, in whether it's downtown Rota or is uh, somewhere in Germany. You can usually go to the grocery store, get some good veggies, uh, get some good meats, and again, uh, prepare some meals that I can actually cook in uh, in our oven on the plane. If you don't have that option available to you, there's almost always, almost always uh, an area in the grocery store or they have some pre-made meals. Um, or you can get some like frozen chicken breast and make a salad with that. Like, there's always an option to eat healthy. You just have to look for it. Uh, there's always veggies around for the most part. There's usually some type of frozen healthy meat that you can get and cook, or you can buy some already made meals at the store. Just make sure you take, uh, check the nutritional value on it to make sure that it's not going to have a whole lot of sodium and it's not surprisingly unhealthy like a giant uh, turkey salad. Uh, I had one of those, I uh, looked up the nutritional content and it was like 2,300 calories in a salad. So 2,300 calories? It yeah, it was. I was better off eating a Big Mac. Unreal. You, you know, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, I actually had an interview with a gentleman and we were talking about that, labels. And I'm currently doing low carb because I have a terrible addiction to sugar and it's been really great for my body. Um, I've been adapting really well to it. But when you look in the store and in particularly stuff that has no sugar in, it'll say no sugar. It's so not true because it'll say, okay, no sugar, but you can have like an eighth of a teaspoon as soon as you have, you know, it's really based on the serving size. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh, most people don't really understand serving size. And I, I'm not going to say those numbers are kind of arbitrary, but they're a little bit arbitrary because it depends on like where you are and what you get like, uh, oh, this is measured in KCALs and Joules. I must be somewhere in Europe, right? Like, yeah. uh, um, so it's, it's kind of weird. What I would say is if you're going to get something that's in a can or in a box, um, 
in particular, look at what the ingredients are. What is the first ingredient? Okay. What's the second ingredient? Then what's the third ingredient? If it has more than like eight ingredients and it's supposed to be something like rice, you probably don't need it. Yeah. Um, also, identify how much sodium is in it. Um, because uh, here in the West, we have an addiction to salt. Uh, we have an addiction to salt and an addiction to sugar. And it's uh, very apparent when you go somewhere else and you have different foods and there's not a whole lot of sodium in it. Um, so those are like the specific things that I look for. Uh, how much sodium is in this? How much, uh, oh, and trans fat. How much trans fat is in this? Um, and then the actual ingredients, like a couple of ingredients, fine. 18 ingredients, um, you know, something trioxide or I don't need that. I don't <laughs> even know what that is. If I can't pronounce it, it's not going in my body. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, just be smart, be aware. Yeah, and there's so many things out there like that. It's the label is very deceiving, the sugar-free and fat-free. And right. I remember I had my first experience with yogurt, right? I would buy Greek yogurt and it's like fat-free. But then when I looked at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much sugar in this. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. and uh, people kind of get carried away with the whole fat-free thing. It's okay to have fat. Yeah. Your body needs fat. Yeah. It's fine. It's okay. Um, if, uh, you know, people also get kind of carried away with the carb thing. It's like, no, veggies are carbs too. It's fine. You can have carbs. Yep. Uh, what you want to stay away from is that, uh, enriched stuff, right? Uh, you know, white bread, white rice, uh, you know, enriched pasta. Like that's the stuff we need to back away from because that's all going to get turned into sugar anyway. And it's how your body's going to process it. Um, but, and the whole sugar free thing is like, okay, I don't want, when people ask for Splenda, right, or a Coke Zero or, or something that doesn't have sugar in it, that product that they're using as a sweetener is usually worse than just having sugar in the first place. Yeah. Um, if you have any friends that uh, have ever taken any courses that required them to deal with human cadavers, they'll tell you, you know, they cut open somebody, they've got like plastic lining their intestines and their stomach from the artificial sweeteners. So I stay away from those. And my grandmother's a diabetic, and I'm like, hey, instead of drinking that Coke Zero, just have some water, give yourself a little bit of sugar because it's probably better for you than drinking that Coke. Yeah, and that's if that visual doesn't deter people from wanting sweeteners, I don't know what will. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing will. I know it's all it's that mindset. So speaking of mindset, it's it's my favorite topic. I've just recently started working with clients now on helping them develop a better mindset because I, I truly believe that, you know, and I can speak from experience when I got sober is before then I had had all these things happen to me that you would think would want to make me get sober. And I would say I wanted to get sober, but the next day I was back at it again. And I think I've really incorporated that into my lifestyle when it comes to eating now and the way I treat my body and working out. Um, I feel that it's important to work on your mindset first and to know this is actually what I really want. You know, it's not about losing weight. It's about the actual getting healthy. It's about the maybe getting up an early, an hour earlier every morning about putting some more vegetables in your body. What are your thoughts on mindset? Um, a positive mental attitude will take you anywhere in life. And the harder the task, the more positive you're going to have to work on saying, uh, an example I always like to give is that, so they talk about special operation forces, right? Delta team and Navy SEALs and blah, 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 and that good stuff. 
And I always tell people, it's like, hey, when you meet these dudes, they don't look like the superheroes from movies. They're like, they're small. They're not very, a lot of the times they're not very big. And those smaller guys, um, the reason they make it through isn't because they're the most physical or they have the greatest gift. It's because they have the best mindset. Because they're so focused on what their goal is that there's nothing that's going to deter them from achieving it. So it, it, it doesn't matter how difficult it is if you want it. It doesn't matter how hard the task is if you want it. And we have to stop giving ourselves objectives that are three and four years away to start working on those shorter goals. Okay, my goal this week, my goal this month, my goal for the next six months. If you chop your goals into in steps like that, those steps become a plan. And that plan is something you can actually follow to accomplish your goal. So like you said, you know, have that good mental attitude. Change your mindset. Once your mind's in the right place, you can accomplish anything. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny because any situation in terms of health or business or whatnot, anytime I've been faced with a decision to do something and I've decided, okay, this is what I want to do. And I get that fear in me that I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. I, you know, this is, seems just too big. Every time I push through it, I get that feeling of, wow, I can't believe I accomplished that. And I think when you I've done that so many times now in my life and come out of it. And so I really, I know how that, that feeling is. And I still struggle. Don't get me wrong. Like I just, you know, I registered my own business because I, I want to do coaching. And of course, as soon as I did, I'm like, oh my gosh, what, what am I going to do now? Like, what's the next step? Right. But I'm like, listen, you know, I have a full time job that I love and it gives me experience with traveling and I get to meet lots of cool people and also help people in a way doing that. But I love my side hustle. Right. I like doing this on top of all that. And I think it's important to to, you know, when you start doing these things is really feel that feeling of when you've accomplished something, no matter how small or how big it is, how how good it feels. Yeah. Uh, I would say, though, um, because I have a tendency to do this, don't get so focused on goal setting that you don't take the opportunity to appreciate the goals you've accomplished. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, if you accomplish X, Y, and Z, it's okay every once in a while because you, you have to enjoy the fruits of your labor at some point to turn around and look back and go, I did that, that, and that. Yeah. Right? And then sometimes the next goal is just, improving on what you've already done all right i did step one this is only step one of 100 for this yeah so step one is done all right what's the next step refine right refine repurpose refine repurpose and you know that's how like you get that's how you get people like steve jobs even though you know he probably should have got some chemo but that's how you get <laughs> steve jobs that's how you get uh, the great innovators of the world who uh they just have a vision and they just go after it yeah. um and you know yeah hey i what well, i think it was three days ago i was so frustrated because i couldn't figure out how to make a fillable pdf so i googled it and i couldn't make it look professional and i i got one little suggestion from a friend i looked up i looked it up and i did it and after i'm like hey i just learned how to make a fillable pdf and gene's like uh so I'm like, you don't get this. Like, this is big for me, right? It's a fillable PDF. <laughs> yeah, it's a big deal now. What do you mean clap for me? Clap, I know. It. It's pretty. Come <laughs> on. So, yeah, 
I think you're absolutely right. It doesn't matter how big or how small it is. You have to celebrate those wins. And that's what I like to take people through is let's focus on one thing at a time. Like, you know, you write out this list of goals and it's like, what do you see in that list of goals that is manageable right now? Like if you could pick something to do this month, right? Something simple. What is that? Right. And then you're going to develop some habits around that. So do you have any habits that you do very regularly to stay healthy? Um, so for me, I'm pretty much, I have a set schedule of what I'm going to do for the day. Um, I'm up at five, I'm up at five so I can have breakfast, right? Have breakfast, have coffee, get myself taken care of because that's important to me to have a good mindset before I actually start my day. Um, then you, uh, and my breakfast is pretty much just about always the same thing. Um, eggs, with spinach, uh, a little piece of sausage. Then later on, second breakfast will be some uh, some yogurt, fruit, uh, something along those lines. And for the most part, the thing I practice, I'm able to control the most throughout the day is what I'm eating. Because again, 70% of, uh, of your fitness is based on what you eat. And I stick to that eating regimen. Now, once a week, sometimes twice, um, I'll go have lunch with the team, right? Hey, let's team lunch. We're going to have team lunch. Um, and I'll kind of eat something that I know I shouldn't be eating. But for the most part, that's how I eat. And that's kind of how we eat at home now, too. We, we have got our meals up that way so that we are eating healthier. So when we go and, we go and run or work out or whatever, that's great. Uh, make time to go do that stuff. Some people don't have time to do that seven days a week. Maybe they only have time to do it three or four days a week, as long as you're being active. But if you're dieting correct, correctly and you're watching what you eat and you give yourself time, give yourself time to where you're eating, um, that's probably the biggest thing you can do for yourself health-wise, both physically and mentally. Because if you're – I have a friend who's a bodybuilder and his entire day is dedicated to eat. Right? And that's just not enjoyable at that point. Like, yeah. <laughs> eat, 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 work out, eat, 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 work out. Sounds kind of terrible. Um, I eat what I like, uh, always healthy, and I have time throughout the day to eat an appropriate amount of food. So that's kind of my technique for, for health, if you will. Yeah, Gut health, I, number one. Yeah, gut health, yes. I think, um, yeah, you're, you hit it right on. I mean, I, it's what I eat, and I focus on that the most right now, right? It's like, okay, what am I going to eat? that's going to make me feel good, that's going to allow me to go to sleep at night because I would eat, you know, sugary stuff at night. And I really have played around with it, right, on how I eat and having those healthy fats, like adding avocado oil now and and stuff like that. But, it, yeah, it's made a huge difference. And I can't imagine being a bodybuilder and having to eat that much food every day. <laughs> no, it's not even enjoyable. Like, you're not enjoying your food. You can't be. <laughs> No. Six six hard boiled eggs in the morning. Like who enjoys that? No one. No one enjoys that. Not unless you had it slathered with cheese. Then I might enjoy it. Ah uh, no. 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 Too much food. No. <laughs> too much food. Just be full and feel bad all day. I'd be grouchy from all that digesting <laughs> I have to do. Yeah, it's funny. My mood swings. So um, obviously, you know, I have mood swings once in a while, but. When I was eating really terribly, or I'd have those real cheat meals, um, because I haven't really for the last eight weeks, and because I haven't put any sugar in my body, I haven't had the cravings like I normally get, but right. my moods have been better, right? Because I notice if I go out, and if I have a cheat meal, 
I'm going to make it an epic cheat meal. I mean, I'm going to have the burger, the fries, the dessert. Like, I'm going to have it all. And I'll have a second dessert if I have a chance to. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it affects my mood. But I think if you're like yourself and you eat well the majority of the time and then you purposely will have one of those meals once or twice a week where you do say, okay, I'm going to go have lunch with, you know, the team. Then that yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. And then you see some people, uh, I do have people that, that work with me that um, they just, just don't eat. They're so obsessed with not gaining a pound. They just they don't eat. You, don't, you never see them eat. Um, I eat once a day. That's weird. It's not normal. Right? Like, we, we eat more than one meal a day. That's how we're designed. <laughs> um, so, and they're always grouchy. They're always in a bad mood. Something's always wrong. Nothing's ever good. Everyone's terrible, you know, and it, it plays a big part. It really does because, mm -hmm. you know, your body, your body wants to eat on a sustained schedule. And um, the less your body is worried about trying to find food, uh, the more brain bites you have to go and do other things. Yeah. And the interesting part of that is I always had that perception that, well, if I eat fewer calories, I'm going to lose weight and it's not going to be harmful. And it wasn't until probably this past year that it really was in my head that, you know what? No, I have to eat enough calories that my body has enough fuel and it can function optimally. And when I, you know, uh, seven years ago, almost eight now, I had lost 75 pounds and I was doing it with clean eating, um, just whole foods. And I was eating a ton of food every day and I lost weight consistently and I think because of that reason I didn't gain it all back I just I slowly gradually as I got complacent I would gain it back but now I realize that it's not the case like I'm eating 1700 calories per day and mm -hmm. I'm losing weight because of what I'm eating you know just nice and slowly and I feel good yeah and that's the beautiful thing about eating protein, right? It gives you that feeling of fullness so that you eat less food. If you eat protein and you eat enough veggies, you just have a dab of rice on there, a dab of brown rice on there, you're going to feel great all day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you're like, I'm, I'm full, I'm happy, my body's breaking, my body's digesting this food, you know? It's going to burn through this fat first because it's the easiest thing to break down. And yeah, life's good. Yeah. So, you know... That, that's the huge misconception where people are starving themselves. Like it, right? restrictive eating is not doing you any favors. Eat regularly, but just eat healthy. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So speaking of positivity, how are you managing? Because I mean, the state of our world, obviously, it's very negative right now. It's very doom and gloom, which understandably so. But how are you managing to, you know, keep a somewhat of a positive mindset through all this? Because I think that's really important for people right now. I think they're so focused on the doom part of it that they're not focusing on what they can actually do to get rid of the stress to get because that the stress will kill us. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's, it's kind of like the thing I always do for the most part. I just life's good. You know, positive mental attitude. I've been in some. Uh, I've been through some dark places in my life and uh, I've had some, you know, great times and not so great times. Um, the thing that I think people should probably work on right now and appreciate right now is, okay, you may be, you're not stuck in the house. You're safe in the house. Number one. Uh, number two, how are your grandparents doing? How are your great grandparents doing? How are your older relatives doing? Um, 
give them a call, shoot them a text. If they know how to text, check on them. Um, this is a great time for you all to maybe uh, reconnect if your relationship is kind of falling by the wayside because of work. And for folks that are having to homeschool their kids or be at home all day with their kids, but their jobs are giving them the option to telecommute. Well, if your job is giving you the option to telework, this can be an opportunity for you to prove that, hey, I can do this job from the house and be just as productive. And I get to see my kids every day. Or you get to see your kids every day. You get to see them every day and interact with them and be uh, be an integral part of their life. Yeah, it's hard. get it. But we should really be kind of taking this opportunity to reset our societies um, because the Western culture right now is so focused on work that family has become secondary. Um, there is no good reason in a world where we have created all of these items to make our lives easier, to streamline the processes that we have. It makes no sense that we work harder, even though it's easier for us to complete our tasks. So me personally, I'm hoping that this resets the way we think about time management, the way we think about the work-life balance. Um, maybe we can go from working five, eight-hour days a week to working four, hour, four eight-hour days a week. Maybe we think more about uh, extended holiday time here in the U.S. Um, maybe we think more about like not having year-round school for kids, which I think is a terrible idea. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a great opportunity for us to get focused back on the basics and to kind of get some of get rid of some of the bloat and gloat and glut that we have in the workplace and the education system, and just get back to go to school to learn, go to work to work, come home to be home. Yeah. So that that's really what kind of pushes me forward. Hey, let's let's get it done. I got to work from home. Work from home. Let's make it easier. Let's figure out how we can do this and give time back to people. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what keeps me going. Yeah, and I feel like I've been given the gift of time. You know, I could look at this like ah, I can't travel. I can't go anywhere. I can't socialize like I used to. But in fact, the reality is I've spent a lot more time interviewing people like yourself, having amazing conversations. I have spent actually, you know, like there's all these meetings going on and masterminds going on where you can jump on if you're feeling lonely. Mm -hmm. And now more than ever, we're forced to actually look at people face to face because people are so used to texting, but they also see people during the day. So now that we don't have that, I think it's actually great how it's forcing people to get on a video call. Cause I used to hate looking at myself in Skype. I'd be like, ah, oh, I don't want to Skype cause then I have to see myself, but I don't care anymore. All right. Um, it, it's great. Like the, it's a good point you brought up It's forcing people to communicate with each other because it's easy to go through daily life, daily life. Like, you know, go to work, go home, talk to people at work. You don't talk to people on the way to work. You don't talk to people on the way home. You just kind of ignore everybody. But now it's like, Oh, no, I, you're the first other face that I've seen in a week. So, hi, how are you? I'm Tony. It's nice to meet you, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely a plus, definitely a positive. Now, when you're making contact with people, it is deliberate. Mm -hmm. You're deliberately making contact with people. I think the only folks that are really enjoying themselves are the extreme introverts and those that play a lot of a lot of video games. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of gaming going on right now, I'm sure. But even then, those folks probably have more people in their I mean, their system or whatever it is. Probably have more folks in and it's giving them the opportunity to socialize a little more if it's even if I think it's different than uh face to face human contact. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm 
I'm not loving this situation, but I do love the fact that we have a more of an opportunity. And I, I know myself, I've wanted to reach out to people that I normally wouldn't chat with. So it, it, yeah, I, I'm, I'm taking advantage of this and making sure I can do my part. And it, I think it helps too, if you're, you know, you know, someone's feeling lonely to actually reach out because there's a lot of people that are struggling with their depression. And of course, yeah. what the media is doing right now is making that even worse. And I know from being depressed in the past that as soon as you hear that negative stuff, you like start to bathe in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's been the direction our media has been going for the better part of at least the past 10 years. And sadly, it has been uh, it has been accelerated by the current political environment. Um, you know, it's kind of like we have two infections going on right now. We have uh, this viral infection from COVID-19. And then we have the infection of the death of intelligent thought. Mm -hmm. um, people are allowing irrational fears to drive their decisions on things they do. Um, and it's sad, but I do think that this point in time, this point in, uh, in history will be looked back on and we'll learn from it. Because thankfully it is, you know, my generation, the millennials being an old millennial, if you will, um, it is the millennials who are looking at um, Gen X and going, hey, Gen X, why aren't you telling the baby boomers they're jacking up this, 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 and this? That's fine. Um, we'll be the ones that come back and go, all right, we're going to change X, Y, and Z, and no one's going to tell us any different. So, you know, it's, it's just a moment in time. We can't let it depress us. We can't let it get us down. We have to look at it, examine it, learn what we can from it, and then move forward from it to make a better society moving forward. Yeah. So if people need to get a hold of you, because definitely, guys, go check out Tony's show. It's awesome. It's called The Comfort Zone. Um, how can people get reach you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Uncomfortable One. It's going to be uncomfortable in the letter one, the letter S. Um, you can also find us on all platforms at the uh, comfort zone with Tony D and every week I have a new episode up. So make sure you go and you rate and review and subscribe because it's an awesome show. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on the show, Tony. Thanks for having me on. I really do appreciate it. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Road to Health podcast. And make sure you go show our friend Tony some love by heading over to the Comfort Zone podcast and give him a rating and review. That helps all of us out that do this. And we absolutely love doing it for you guys. So make sure you go check that out. Also, like I mentioned, I'm creating some new content. And part of that content is a course, which I'll be launching in the next 30 days. It's called Create Your Roadmap. And in that course, I'm going to be helping you work on mindset and also determining what those nasty roadblocks are that are standing in the way of you achieving your goals. So make sure you stay tuned. I'm going to come back with some more details and a definite launch date for you very, very soon. And until next time, everyone, make sure you stay safe out there. That wraps up another episode of the Road to Health podcast, where my goal is to provide you with content that not only inspires you, but also provides information and tips that you can implement in your own journey. 
I know from experience it can be super hard to make healthy lifestyle changes that actually stick. I love to talk about goals and I've worked with people to help them define their goals and identify the roadblocks that stop them from achieving them. If you would like to take advantage of a free 30-minute coaching call to figure out how you can reach your goals, visit my website at www.theroadtohealth.me and book today. And while you're there, make sure you sign up to get a free copy of my five tips to staying healthy on the road. And until next time, enjoy your travels.